Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for listening to the Late Breaking F1 podcast. Make sure to tune in for new episodes every Wednesday and Grand Prix Sundays. Hello and a very warm welcome to the Late Breaking F1 podcast presented by Harry Yeed, Sam Sage and me, Ben Hocking. Sam, you gave a bit of a teaser earlier on our Twitter, um, what you might have had to eat tonight. Uh, everyone in the world is waiting in suspense. What did you have? Well, I think before I dive into the answer, you two should give a guess. It's only fair to, for, the, for the fans. What do you think I had on Wednesday night? Well, I think it's pizza, because he always has a pizza on Wednesday night. Pizza Wednesday. Folks, it is a classic £2 Asda pizza with barbecue chicken and bacon. It's got a stuffed cheese crust. Something's never changed. Those who said saucy cast, I love the choice, but not on a Wednesday night. It takes too long to make in between finishing actual work and doing the podcast, so it's a pizza night. It's what you get after nine years of friendship. <laughs> we know what you have for tea. Famously known as Pizza Wednesdays. <laughs> I mean, Sam's food choices are perhaps more predictable than what's going to come out of his mouth next. So we've got that bit nailed down, at least. What, what you come up with points in terms of uh, our topics, that's still an unknown, even after a nine mystery. years. Let's hope the food isn't what comes out next. Fingers oh, crossed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> we've got too much to get through for that. Um, we're going to become president of the FIA, collectively. Um, at yes. least in our in our thoughts, um, not in reality, I'm afraid. So we're going to propose some rule changes, and uh, it's just going to go off into the ether, and no one's going to listen to us as per usual. Um, Zach Brown has made some spicy comments, so we'll be responding to those. Um, and Dave Benson Phillips gets his first outing of the year because F1 Pump the Brakes is back, and that will close the show a little bit later on. We're going to start with Sebastian Vettel. Now, it has become a custom that before we've even started the 2022 season, we're already thinking about what the 2023 grid is going to look like. And there are a number of drivers that are out of contract, one of which being Sebastian Vettel. It's his second year at Aston Martin coming up. uh, And questions about whether this midfield life, depending on whether that continues or not, whether it's for him or not, given his previous success. So, Sam, start with you. 2022, will it be Sebastian Vettel's final year in Formula One? I think there's a strong chance it could be Sebastian Vettel's final year in Formula One. Uh, I don't think it's set in stone. Um, Vettel, we've, we've, you know, 
the last couple of years that he had in Ferrari weren't they, they weren't great. They, they, you know, as the phrase goes, not ideal. And let's face it, when he went to Aston Martin, the car didn't behave or perform as expected, and he, he wasn't exactly leaps and bounds ahead of Lance Stroll either. So it's been on the decline in terms of performances and standings, and, and arguably reputation. Uh, Bang famously last year, you declared that Sebastian Vettel was no longer in your top 10 greatest drivers of all time, which is um, a pretty big statement to make, so he's a four-time world champ. No dance for that yet. Please submit one if you have one. Um, so will it be his last year? I think we will find out by the summer break this season. I think it relies on two things. One, are Aston Martin actually competitive? Are they putting in a car's level of performance that allows them to be either on the podium or fighting regularly for top-end points, you know, fifth, sixth, every single race? Or are they going to be fighting in that midfield again, scraping a 10th place, scraping a 9th place, more likely fighting for 13th, 14th place? Vettel doesn't want that. He wants to be winging. And let's face it, some drivers are happy to just be in the car at the Pinnacle of Motorsport. Sebastian Vettel is a four-time world champion and has other ideas. And also, the other talking point to discuss is, does he enjoy this new phase of Formula 1? Does he enjoy the new regulations, the dynamics, the way the cars run? We saw him dominate, of course, that four-year period. Two years where he was challenged by Alonso, and he won it. He did a great job, and he won it. And two years where Mark Webber stood absolutely no chance whatsoever. Um, it would go down as one of Australia's greatest moments, or not. Um, so, Sebastian Vettel could turn it around, right? Ooh, Aston Martin. That's <laughs> a bit early in the day for Mark Jeez. Webber slander. Sorry, Mark. Bloody Sorry, hell. Mark. I mean, <laughs> the, the thing is, if Aston Martin turn up with a car that is let's say, second or third best, with a chance of some regular race race wings, I think Seve Vettel will do the same as Fernando Alonso and grab every single chance by the scruff of its neck and drive that car. I think the motivation, the spark, will come back. As we saw with Fernando, the moment he had that moment in um, in Qatar, right? He knew, he knew a podium, a sniff of a podium was possible. And so Esteban Ocon decided that, you know, your time, sir, is to be a roadblock and Alonso could get a podium. We all loved it. We all, even when he was top of practice remember a few years ago in Silverstone, we all absolutely love seeing that. Would I like to see Vettel Alonso fighting up front for one more year? Yes, I would. So I think that would be the decider. If Vettel is able to be, be competitive, enjoys the car, and Aston Martin can support that growth, and I'm sure that's where Aston might want to be, further towards the front, then no, I think he'll be in here for another year. If Aston Martin are 5th, 6th best team, 7th best team, um... Vettel can't pick up points on a regular basis. No chance at podiums. Uh, I feel like it is more likely than not that Vettel will bid the sport a farewell and will bow out gracefully at the end of this season. But we'll see Vettel get a little bit bored, a little bit tired. So I, I think it is more likely that Aston Martin won't be able to produce a ultimate race-winning car, racing race out. And actually, this could be the end for Sebastian Vettel. Harry, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this could be Sebastian Vettel's last year? And what do you think are the factors that will determine it one way or the other? Um, well, first of all, I think we need to make a, a disclaimer about all of this. Is um, And I'm surprised Sam hasn't even mentioned this person yet. But whilst in between this podcast and last week's podcast, Aston Martin announced a new team principal. I tried so hard. Good Mike Crack. Called Mike Crack. I mean, come on, everyone. Michael, you've got to go. Michael, Michael, no, no, Michael. It's got no, Michael, no. (laughs) Literally, Michael, no. So I'm just going to put it out there now because it was bound to come up. We've had a laugh about Mike. (laughs) 
have, haven't we? We could all be silly for a minute. We'll, Sorry, Mike. We'll uh, we'll all move on. Sorry, Mike. I mean, he's he's a, he's a well-known team principal at BMW Motorsport, but still, you'd go with Michael. But anyway, back to the <laughs> point in question. <laughs> um, I totally agree with what with what Sam said there. I think it entirely depends on what car he has. Uh, in his hands this year and I guess the other thing for him is how well he performs I think last year was obviously a better year than 2020 but that was a, a low bar um he had some good races but then there were some races that also were were not great either and I think he still wasn't happy with his overall performance over the season even if the car wasn't there um for him to deliver what he wanted so yeah I think there's a couple of factors in it I think if the car is is not very good or if he doesn't feel like his performances are, are good enough. I think he may, you know, turn it in because you know we know he's got a, another life, a family life, a very, very private one at that. Um, and what is the point in risking his risking his uh, head every every week for fighting for fifteenth or whatever it may be? So um, yeah, I think it, it's it's very dependent on on how this year goes um, because. Yeah, you're right. I don't think Seb enjoys fighting around in the midfield or even towards the back. Um, he wants to be back up, back up at the front. So, um, yeah. But if it does go well this year, then I can I can see him staying to 2022. And again, I agree with what Sam said about these new generation of cars. I think it's you know not a secret that I don't think he's enjoyed the hybrid era of cars as much as he did the normally aspirated era of Formula One cars. I just something about them I don't know has not suited his style um than, than it did in in the, in the Red Bull day so yeah be interesting to see how he gets on with these cars so I think yeah there's a number of factors involved I think if it's a good year he stays on if it's not then I think he retires you um you make him sound like a bit of a superhero with that moment there where you said that you know Seb has another life uh, behind closed doors it's like he <laughs> pulls the mask off and you know I'm home did you not know that he's moment. actually Batman yeah, I think he'd go by um, Recyclops, actually, if, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> that's a niche reference. Actually, more for our American thank audience. If yeah, you, thank uh, you, if thank you, you, Dwight. Yeah. Niche American references is what we do here on the Late Break. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, honestly, you go, you, you go to some Formula One podcasts for, for breaking news, but we, we, don't, we don't do news lightly here. We, we bring you the most important things, such as... Sebastian Vettel's alter ego. And Mike Crack. And Mike Crack, <laughs> of course. It's a real gap in the market. Oh, come on, Harry. I'd expect it from Sam. I'd expect it from Sam. But from you, I have higher standards. Come on. Will 2021 be Vettel's last year? Uh, he is on record saying that he is not in F1 to fight in the midfield. He is on record saying that. So it's not one that we have to insinuate. It's not one that we have to guess at. He's literally said it in black and white. So we don't need to we don't need to make any assumptions here. And for someone who doesn't like being in the midfield, he's done a lot of being in the midfield over the last two <laughs> years. 2020 he finished 13th. 2021 he finished 12th. 12th of 21 drivers. You can't get too much more midfield than that. So something has to change right you you can you can get away with it in those two years because with ferrari he was on his way out he, a new challenge was on the horizon so you know you can excuse that being a midfield year 2021 
obviously again another midfield year but you can somewhat excuse that if you're Sebastian Vettel because it's the last year of a current set of regulations going into a brand new set of regulations again good times could be on the horizon but 2022 you know it's a different ball game because if they're midfield this year then suddenly you have to question where does he go from there because there isn't as much reason to believe that Aston Martin are going to turn it around next year if they're midfield this year. You know, it will be the same regulations 2022 to 2023. So at that point, I think he does start to question his retirement a little bit more. I mean, it's not the first time he's questioned it either. He said openly in 2021 before making the decision to sign on for that extra year at Aston Martin, he did say that retirement crossed his mind before he made that decision. Now, ultimately, we have to assume that the only reason he's back is to defend his Crypto.com uh, overtake award, <laughs> which I'm sure he'll do with vigour. Um, but he's back nonetheless. And maybe Aston Martin will give him a much better car. Um, how he would respond to that remains to be seen. But, um, yeah, I think he's at least going to give these new regulations a chance. Um, it's the same thing that we mentioned last week regarding... Lewis Hamilton and whether he would actually come back for this year or not it's a case of you don't know what's going to happen with these regulations surely you want to try it because you could be the team that that makes it work above all the others Aston Martin might be in a similar position they might be up towards the front so Sebastian Vettel I'm sure he'll give this year a chance you mentioned the summer break Sam yeah he might well leave it sort of half a year, see the lay of the land. Have they, even if they're not there by mid-season, have they made significant progress versus the first race of the season? That might be enough for him. But I think he needs to, uh, for his sake, just see where the team is. Is the potential, if not there already, is the potential there for race wins, potentially championships? If the answer is no, then I think he does call it a day. Um, I don't think he would. he would continue. And ultimately, we have to remember, even though he is in a midfield team at the moment, or at least was last year, his motivation versus other drivers might not be the same because of what he's achieved previously. It's much more easy to keep yourself motivated towards a goal that you've you've never achieved before versus Vettel's, which is just getting back to what he once was. If you consider, say, George Russell, not saying he was delighted at being at Williams for three years, but why did he put up with it? Because he knew the potential of a Mercedes drive was a few years away. And ultimately, you know, championships, race wins can follow. Sebastian Vettel hasn't got that first time dream ahead of him. He's just he's just got to get back to it. And I think it's more difficult to keep yourself motivated when that's the case. You could say Alonso's in the same boat, but he had time away from the sport, which Vettel hasn't had. So I think there is that factor too. Sam, you mentioned that there were two things that were going to determine it. You meant, you said, um, does he enjoy it? And also where are Aston Martin com- uh, comparatively to the rest of the field? One factor you didn't bring up was potentially if Aston Martin aren't there, are there other avenues at other teams? Do you think that any other opportunities are closed off for Vettel? Let's talk about the uh, the obvious opportunity they could have. Lewis Hamilton obviously not coming back to the sport in 2022. He, you know, he's obviously going to rule himself out. Mercedes, why would they not pick up Sebastian Vettel, sit at the front for a season or two while George Russell gets himself sorted, and uh, they find a replacement long term because there isn't an immediate option. Um, on a silly, silly note, if Lewis Hamilton does what we're saying Vettel might do and goes, you know what, either one, I'm not enjoying this after what's happened, 
cheers, I'll see you later. Or gets to the end of this year and goes, you know what? The love of it is gone for me, and I don't want to do it anymore. And decides to leave, call it, you know, call it a day. And you know, the most in-demand seat of all time becomes available. Then I imagine everyone and their grandma will be applying for that seat. Sebastian Vettel, including in that over sixty-five category, of course, who'll desperately be phoning up Toto, going, "A year, give me one year to prove myself in that." I don't know, does he need to prove himself? Listeners, does Sebastian Vettel need to prove himself in that seat? I'd argue. Probably yes, he's been so far away from his best form that maybe he would. So I actually think Mercedes is an outside but possible option for Sebastian Vettel. Are there other routes for him? There's been mentions, I believe, um, from press that he should go back to Red Bull. That after Checo has his season here, um, that they should take him back on. I don't know why they would do that from a Red Bull point of view. I don't know why that makes sense. Um... Checo is doing a relatively good job. We'll see how he performs this season. He might continue to do a very good job. If not, they have got a wealth of drivers coming through. Gasly, namely, is very much ready to go ahead with it. Album might be an absolute star this coming season. We don't know. Sagoda might go, you know what? I love this type of car and I'm ready to go now. And he might also create something brilliant. We don't know. So why Vettel turns up? Yeah, exactly. The only one of them as well. Um, So why Vettel might turn up and get that seat over all of them? I'm not sure. I feel like the bridge maybe has come and gone. It's being lifted up, and the boat is sailing underneath it quite firmly now for Sebastian Vettel. Um, so, other options that might be interesting for him, fun, competitive, I don't think there's anything realistic. I don't think there's anything that, you know, the drop of a hat is going to become available for him, and I feel like he'd only end up sitting in the same area, if not possibly going backwards, unless a new team were to come in, unless something like Audi or Porsche were deciding to make a move. Of course, that's a German link. He might like the idea of building a different legacy, but he's doing that already with Aston Martin. I'd argue that isn't working out as planned currently. So, nothing immediate, I would say, Ben. Nothing immediate. Harry, if if Vettel still has that motivation, but Aston Martin aren't there in order for him to capitalise on it, do you think there are potential opportunities elsewhere for him? Uh, I don't. I don't think there's a huge amount, to be honest. Um, which sounds ridiculous, isn't it? Because who wouldn't want a world, a world champion, a four times world champion, I should say? Um, but but you got to say, are there any teams that are that would be above Aston Martin in terms of pace um, and and money that that are going to want to take Sebastian Vettel or or have the room or space for him and I'd probably go with go with no I think his other options are perhaps lower I mean we don't know well this is basing it on 2021 um you know but I think the other options are currently lower than than the option he has if he decided he didn't want to didn't want to be there anymore I don't see as you say you know if a surprise seat emerged at a Red Bull or Mercedes as successful as Sebastian Vettel has been Based on the past couple of years of current form, I'm not sure. Not sure they would take him, and I think they would go for a younger driver because they—that's what they are always aiming to do, really, isn't it? With their young driver program. So, um, yeah, it's a difficult one. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't see him wanting to. He's a fairly loyal driver, is is Sebi Vett. He, um, you know, he obviously was loyal uh, to Red Bull for many years, and and then and then left, and then was loyal to. Ferrari for quite a long time. He's not the sort of driver that jumps teams very quickly. Looking at you, Danny Rick, um, it's not one of those drivers, I don't think. So, so I don't really see him wanting to go to another place, um, to another team. I, I would see him just retiring, to be honest. 
if it didn't work out, obviously. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anything would happen for him outside of the Aston Martin program, to be honest. I know you mentioned the Mercedes um, option, you know, if, if Hamilton wasn't for whatever reason going to come back. Um, I have to be honest, with, with Vettel, despite his obviously brilliant achievements in F1, you, you do have to consider what his last few years have been. And his last few years have been 2019, um, you know, comfortably beaten by, or not comfortably beaten, beaten by Charles Leclerc in his first year at the team. 2020, soundly beaten by Charles Leclerc, leaves the team, and then 2021, he narrowly beats out Lance Stroll. It's it's not it's not a great three years in terms of a CV, and I think if Mercedes are looking at their options, I, I don't think Vettel is at the top of that list. You know, where else would he go outside of that? Ferrari, that's obviously not going to happen. Um, Red Bull, I think, is probably the most likely. I think, well, Bernie Ecclestone thinks it's a great idea, so it's a dead certainty there, isn't it? Um, he likes sprinklers on the track too. Right. <laughs> exactly, and that, and that was a great idea. Um, you know, whether he would go back to Red Bull if Perez doesn't work out, at least with Red Bull, Vettel has got that that pedigree at that specific team. Um, so maybe they would they would want to go for him if they are convinced that. Gasly is not going to work and if they are convinced that Sonoda isn't going to work then maybe they need someone as a stopgap for a year just to see if Vettel's old fire is still there maybe I think that's probably the most likely of the three for me but it's still very unlikely from my perspective to move on to um, us being the FIA president because that would be fun it's about time we got put into power really isn't it yeah, um, definitely isn't. So we're each going to put forward two rule changes, new rules, possibly rule changes um, that we would implement if we were president of the FIA. Uh, and this should prove this segment why we're not. Sam, I, I, I first of all, I wanted to apologise, Sam, for making you think before we have to do a podcast <laughs> because, you know... It's notoriously all, something you hate. All he done is is moan about thinking for the podcast, ladies and gents. And to I be have. honest, he was just saying what I was thinking as well. So <laughs> I have to be honest, folks. These two, they don't care about you at all. <laughs> no, they don't care. There's a reason it's why a Ben's here, folks. It's not because he's entertaining him. It's not because he's a good friend no. of ours. <laughs> he's not he entertaining. Thinks. He literally thinks, and me and Harry do the rest. Okay, the such rest a low barrier as up. well. I think <laughs> <laughs> that's what I bring to the table. You, you are an animate object. Thanks, I appreciate uh, it. Uh, you, I'm sure you've got a good rule in you, though, Sam. Present uh, thirty centimeters. Thirty centimeters is where it's at. Oh, um, Unbelievable. <laughs> I've got I've got two rules. Uh, one is definitely more just because I wanted to say it, and one is actually a serious rule. Uh, we'll do the serious one first because obviously this debate should be kicked off properly. I'll try to do my best. Um, the first one is the categoric removal of B teams. No B teams allowed. Full stop. Um, and let me just go into a little bit more detail before we start jumping down my throat, folks. Red Bull fans, possibly. Um, you would be allowed to, of course, uh, buy parts. Uh, you'd be allowed, of course, share engine suppliers. 
Um, and yes, your drivers can theoretically be signed for other teams that are still part of your overall driver program. But communication, uh, assistance, uh, in-season changing of information or whatever is completely removed, right? Um, it, needs to, it needs to not be a thing. The limitations between teams need to stop. And actually, I think this links very nicely to what Zach Brown maybe said in an interview, which we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. But it stops there being 10 teams on the track that are all equally fighting for the same goal at the end of the season, right? We know that Alpha Tauri aren't going to try and win the world championship. It would be amazing if they turned up and they had the fastest car on track, and maybe they would. Maybe all season they'd turn up and go, we're going to win every single race. But if it was Gasly first, Verstappen second, Sonoda third, Perez fourth, you're telling me that some higher-ups at Red Bull wouldn't go, and switch the cars. Every race. And switch the cars. We'll have Red Bull first, Alphatari second, please. And I think that kills a little bit of what is the essence of the sport. Um, the same as with the likes of Williams and Mercedes, uh, Haas and Ferrari. I just think the links need to be broken a little bit. I've got no issue with drivers using their, those teams as stepping stones or as to get yourselves into seats. But I would like there to be more of a separation between B teams. So a rule for me would be to remove B teams in the current sense that we have them now. Interesting. Very interesting. It's... Um... Yeah, I think the question about that one is how easy or difficult would it be to police it? Um, would it be simple enough to halt communications between them or not as a concept? And yeah, you're right, we'll, we'll probably get onto this more with the, the Zach Brown comments, but it's uh, it's an interesting one. Harry, have you got one to uh, one to kick you off on? Yeah, my, my first one isn't um, particularly serious, but it's a rule I would like implemented anyway. We don't do serious that well, do we? <laughs> I mean, sounds is pretty... That's the most serious yeah. I've ever heard him. Um, yeah, I tried. My rule that I would like implemented is that every year, one team, and, and it will change every year, one team has to run gold wheels. Oh, yeah. shut yeah. up. As part of the FIA board, I vote this two to three. Uh, past <laughs> two to three, three to one. <laughs> Oh, yeah, maths. <laughs> it is a good yep. job on here, isn't it? it um, would have, yeah, every, every team has to. And, and because some liveries wouldn't look good with a gold wheel, so they'd have to mix up the liveries to make them go good, go good, go I well. <laughs> I think <laughs> with the, the, gold, the gold rims should be the priority over the livery for that season. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. You really do test my patience, Harry. You really do. <laughs> Good. No time for your gold wheels. Get out of here. <laughs> go, go, go! Play with some Hot Wheels if you're so interested in in all of that rubbish. Uh, you mean goodness, not rubbish. All that goodness. Nope, I meant rubbish. Um, <laughs> speaking of rubbish, here's my first idea. So this one is slightly dependent on how this season goes. Uh, Basically, are the cars going to work as we hope they will work overtaking wise? Um, as you know, DRS is something that I would like to be abolished. I would like DRS gone, but I appreciate that in the last 12 years or so, um, it's been something of a necessary evil due to how the cars have been. The hope is that they will be better at overtaking. And at some point we can say, well, they're good enough at overtaking by themselves. We don't need DRS anymore. But I do have a slight compromise in the meantime, um, I and and 
I've seen this idea elsewhere, so I can't claim this is completely original, um, but I think it's a really good one. I think that DRS should be used when you are between one and two seconds uh, behind the car in front, but not naught to one. So at the moment, it's anything between naught and one second, you get DRS. I would change that to one to two seconds. That makes, that, that I, makes I, all the sense. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. I also thought you were going to go down the kind of push-to-pass route where they got a limited amount of DRS per Wouldn't be against race. that. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of up your street. But I quite like the one to two seconds. Yeah, I do. I, spoiler alert, my my, uh, my second one is also kind of DRS-related. So, sorry, sorry, mm. folks. Um, That's okay, because mine's going to be visual-related, so therefore we'll annoy Deng even more. Oh, good. <laughs> Just get it over and done with. Go on. What is it? <laughs> Uh, it, it's no gold rims, and I've I've blasted on about this actually multiple times. So long long time listeners of the podcast, um, are you banning blue? You, you... <laughs> He's gonna do it. He, he will, will he? I'm not. I'm not, <laughs> not, I'm not, not banning blue. Um, basically, each team has to selectively choose a distinct colour for the priority of their liveries. I am sick to death of teams having like. Oh, we're blue. We're minty blue, and but we're shiny royal blue. I don't want any of that. One of you is blue. End of conversation. One of you could be yellow. One of you could be purple. One of you could be black. One could be white. One could be red. There's enough colours to go round, right? You don't. Five teams don't need to have a shade of blue, and three teams need to have a shade of red. Okay, it gets very, very dull, especially on the little track map on the Formula One game where I'm driving around going, "Where's the red ball?" Is that a Red Bull? No, that's an LP. Good. Is that? No, that's a Williams. Ah, oh, crap. Uh, is that? A, you don't know. You don't know. It's a mystery because it's stupid. It's stupid. And I don't like it. And I think every year it should be reassessed. So you can make big for the colours if you want, and the money goes for charity. But regardless, more colours on the grid. You know, if I, we did that. Sorry, Ben. I was going to say I agree with you. I think it's a great idea, and the punishment should be if you're not able to do that. You are replaced for the season by Arrows and Enrique, <laughs> and Enrique Bernaldi and Jos Verstappen. That's the rule. Deal. Deal. Good good rule. I think they'd be willing to come back. I was just going to say, it, you know that if that was that was to be in place, that they would argue so much over the colours that one team would definitely threaten to quit for not being able to use... I'm here for it. I'm here for that. <laughs> Teams are threatened to quit over less. Let's exactly. <laughs> I want to be yellow, says Eddie Jordan. Probably. Eddie, you don't have a team anymore. Oh. Hey, if, hey, if Eddie Jordan wants to be yellow, he can be yellow. Paint That's the yellow. Eddie Jordan rule. There needs to be an Eddie Jordan clause to your rule. If Eddie Jordan wants a colour, he gets first dibs. Because yeah. he's a god. I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. Um, and as the famous song by the Rolling Stones said, "Paint it yellow." Um, Eddie, it's about Eddie Jordan, that is. It's actually a Coldplay's greatest hit. Was reference. about <laughs> Eddie Jordan. <laughs> Clocks. Yeah, yellow. <laughs> the scientist. Yes. <laughs> How good you guess? What's your? Uh, sec- we know it's about DRS, Harry. But what is your second one? Well, yeah, I mean, I say it's about DRS. It's, it's along the same, uh, well, not quite along the same lines, but I would get rid of DRS in the bin with you, Sunshine. Um, and I would go for the IndyCar push to pass. You've got a certain amount of, of seconds of boost 
per race system because I just think it's better and it adds an extra element of kind of strategy to it and I know um, IndyCar they refuel mid-race but it, uh, the point still stands you know they use a bit of boost they use a bit more fuel so it adds that kind of jeopardy to it and you know not all drive you get to the end of the race and one driver saved up all their boost and they might be hunting down another driver who hasn't got enough boost left so um yeah bin drs let's go for a push to pass i'd even go for a, a i know we have the the energy recovery but i go for like a curve system over over drs because i just think there's a bit more just a bit more tactic tactical to play with um than drs which is just get behind someone put drs on and overtake them which you know isn't the most thrilling thing in the world as we plus as some, we someone could do a montage of um family dom toretto doing the nitrous bottle and pressing it and it's a formula one car going because it's got ers in it curves yeah that that was you know when they do the you know f1 do on social media like explaining the new things about the f1 car that's they'll just show that clip and be like this is what we're doing yeah. this year family and everyone goes oh <laughs> it's tokyo drift and they sing that that song fast and furious classic that is teriyaki boys look it up it's great <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we haven't gone off track or anything here. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm on. with you on that. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I'll go with... Because I'm, I'm a man with many ideas, most of them bad, so I'm not sure which one to go with. Um, I'm going to say I'm gonna go with, with a qualifying one. And don't worry, it's not aggregate qualifying. That's too Aww. good for F1. Too good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that in Q3... Only in Q3. You should... Uh, we keep, can keep the session length the same, pretty much. That's fine. But you have to say on your outlap... Um, you basically, basically, you get one shot. And you have to, in the words of Eminem... So on that outlap, you have or to JLS. say... Or JLS. Whichever <laughs> takes your fancy. They're very similar. <laughs> you, you have to declare before your flying lap, like, okay, this next lap, this is my timed lap. And that's Ooh. it. That's the only one you get. I would love to have one shot qualifying in its truest form, but it just with weather and uh, it uh, doesn't quite work. Whereas I think this might be a good alternative where, you know, you might, let's say you do still have the same session length where at the moment you've got time to do two runs. Maybe someone goes out in the first couple of minutes, sets their lap. They're all done for the session. They don't come back out. What's the benefit of that? a red flag comes about when everyone else is trying to get the best track conditions and the person that's gone with eight minutes left is left laughing because they've got the fastest time. That sort of situation might arise. You know they're all going to wait until the end of the session and just go then and be like, yeah, cause they're I'm, all on lap, minutes, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my lap. I'm on my lap and they're all on their lap. That calls for something session entertainment. Enter late breaking for the first eight minutes of qualifying. <laughs> we'll do an eight minute podcast. <laughs> whilst we're waiting for everyone to come out speed round yeah. who's going to get pole I, I, I'm not against that Ben it'll be exciting to watch yeah. and they have it's to say it over the radio I'm going now I, that would be more for, I was just going to say they can press a button but actually it'd be interesting to hear the versions of what they say like Hammer, Hamilton would have to say it's hammer time that sort of thing yeah, yeah I, I would like every driver to have a submitted specialised sentence that is yeah, like, you're like in, um, yeah. in like Top Gun, they all have their own special names like Maverick and Goose. I want them to have like their own, like, like you're saying, it's Hammer Time. Um, Daniel Ricciardo might be um, 
lick the stamp and send it or something like that. Um, I want I want a specialised saying for every single driver. Everyone listening, and if you're in the Discord, let us know which <laughs> all the sayings for each driver, yeah. what they would be. Nicholas Latifi would go, get out my way, I'm in a tank. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nicholas uh, Latifi would have to make Q3 for that to work, so... Ooh, <laughs> I'm not saying we never hear it. <laughs> Zing. I, I'm kidding, Nicholas. You'll be the one laughing when Williams turn up fastest at pre-season testing. Poor George. Oh. So, all in all, some great ideas there. I'm sure they'll all be implemented before the season starts. Um, and please get in touch with us because we want to know what your rules would be. Let us know in the Discord. Let us know on Twitter and otherwise. Um, yeah, maybe you've got better ideas than us. You probably do. Let's be fun. Let's move on to everyone's favourite American, Zach Brown. Sorry, I've... I've Managed to really annoy so many Americans by saying they're not my favourite anymore. But Zach Brown, what a guy. He, You should probably go and read the whole thing because he's not just produced one or two zingers, he's produced like 20. Uh, <laughs> he's got a lot to say. Um, so we're not going to be able to focus on all of it here, but we'll at least focus on a few of the highlights. Um, he was basically pretty annoyed at some of the top teams uh, and the way they, they have conducted themselves, saying that um, Zach Brown has said before that the teams have too much power and that it needs to be reduced. Uh, and he said it was something like a pantomime audition towards the end of last year, particularly relating to Abu Dhabi. So, um, Sam, I know you've done your pre-reading on this, so well done. What did you make of his comments? Well, it is famously known that KFC have created the Zinger Burger based on Zach Brown's incredibly famous sayings during interviews. And you know what? I was a fan of Zach Brown before this interview, but now I'm a full-blown air conditioning unit because the man has absolutely nailed it on there. Come on! (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, so many good points. Go and read it. He's made so many good points. And I think he's bang on. I think he's exactly right. The the big teams have a bit of a stranglehold on the sport. And we've seen that with just the last season alone. The domination in the radio, in the airwaves, that Christian Horner and Toto Wolf had to Michael Massey. You know, we've had a few famous moments now, which a lot of us like to quote. Um, and they, they get to pick and choose. You know, certain rules get changed for entertainment. You know, whether you agree with it or not, rules won't apply properly. Um, and now they're sitting here saying that because of sprint races... They feel like the budget cap should be adjusted. And remember, this is the teams with the most money saying this. This isn't the the smaller teams going, oh, can we have a, an allowance or a change, please, because we're desperately in need of some more innovation or some more change. This is Mercedes-Benz, one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world, or Ferrari, the highest spending team in Formula 1, or Red Bull, you know, some of the biggest investors going, going, can we have more money, please? Are we allowed to spend even more money now? And Zach Brown, who, to be fair, has got a lot of investors on his side and a lot of sponsorship, is going, stop it. Stop being silly, please. Deal with the cars that you've been dealt and try and win using the same level of resource as everyone else. And I think Zach Brown is fighting the the everyday viewer's fight of we want a championship with 10 teams on an equal playing field. But you know what? Best engineers, best drivers, best combination of team and driver behind the wheel come out on top. And I am all for it. Uh, Zach Brown makes similar points as what I said earlier with the B teams. And because of my reading, that is partially where I got my idea from on the rules set earlier. Uh, and I think Zach Brown is exactly right with what he said as well. They hold too much power. He has nailed it. I love 
how outspoken he is. And when he is outspoken, he frames it in such a brilliant way. I'm sure you've all seen the photo of Zach Brown standing at his desk where it says, um, you know, you know, like most bosses will have just their name on the desk. It says, I'm the boss of you, F-words, uh, on his desk. And I love that about him. The man knows how to make a point. And he's not silly, unlike us, with his points. He makes them and they stick. So go read the article if you haven't, because I think he's done a very good job at telling the big teams to get a grip to start dealing with the resources they've been given and saying that, you know what? You're scared. You're scared that you're going to get beaten by a team that's got half the resource of you because now we're on 11 playing field and you can't win a championship by getting a checkbook out. I think he's exactly right. I think he's exactly right. Some people love the innovation. Some people love the mass spending. But I am excited to see a grid where anyone can achieve anything because the resource levels are the same. Uh, I'll start with the sprint races comment because um, I think he does raise a very good point here. You know, I'm, I'm a, as you know, I'm a massive fan of, of sprint races. So, um, you know, if if they don't have the money to do it, oh, we'll just have to scrap it. Never mind. Um, no, I, do, <laughs> I do think Zach Brown is 100% correct with what he said on sprint races. And I'm glad someone has called out the big teams on this. Um, this is a bit of a Sam analogy, actually, but I'm going to make it. Um, the go. way the way I compare it to... So imagine sprint races has just turned uh, 18 or... 21 if you're in america so they can legally drink uh, but all of their mates haven't haven't yet got to that age so sprint races walks to the bar and orders uh six beers and the bar's like are they all for you you're the only one who's going to be drinking this right if i give you these six beers they're not going to any of your underage friends right like, yeah yeah of course of course not it's going to your mates aerodynamics and engine and all the other all the other friends <laughs> You don't need that money for sprint races. You're just going to invest it on other things that you don't need to invest on because you've hit your limit on it already. Okay? No, I'm not buying it, sprint races. Not buying it at all. Um, <laughs> You're so on that, on that, I I think it's Brilliant. ridiculous what they've uh, what they've come up with. Uh, but all of his other points to to what you've already said, Sam, that they're, they're kind of they're all spot on. And do you have to take it with a pinch of salt because McLaren aren't a member of those big teams anymore would Zach Brown be saying these same things if he was in someone else's shoes sure but they're good points nonetheless regardless of who's raising them um, if you give teams the power I've said this multiple times if you give teams the power they will dictate terms to uh, massively benefit themselves that's what they're going to do and you can't even blame them for that you can't blame the teams for trying to um, do everything they can to win They've got shareholders to report back to. They've got prominent people within the road car divisions of their teams. Like you, you can't, you can't expect teams to have this overarching conscience that's gonna put themselves above the money and the winning. It doesn't work like that. So, just create a sport in which they can't even try and get away with it. Create a sport where it's not even possible for them to try and bend the rules. If you give them potential direction on oh what would you like this rule to be or 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 how would you like this to work sure get some guidance on long-term issues and zach brown was he said that in his article he said yeah you know consult the teams about long-term issues and and get their input that's fine but don't let the teams dictate rules and dictate how f1 should be run because you are going to find that they will do it for the benefit of themselves they won't do it for the benefit of the fans and they won't do it for the benefit of 
other manufacturers that might want to enter. And we don't want to create this massive barrier of entry. But if you allow the current teams to do what they want, they're going to dictate everything to themselves, not potentially people coming in. So I do think F1 has a has a bit of a problem. And I, I think these teams need to understand that it is a privilege to be in F1. It is a privilege to be here and you will adhere to the rules of Formula One as Formula One want them. That creates a brilliant sport, not what creates a brilliant environment for the teams competing. Harry, what were your thoughts on Zach Brown's words? Yeah, I mean, t- totally agree with what you both said already. And and um, you know, I don't actually have much, too much more to add. But I've I've thought for a long time that you know F one has got itself into a complete mess with with it, how it it governs and, and rules the sport because they they've got these big teams lobbying them all the time and they now have too much power and it's kind of a vicious circle because if they try and take that power away there's every likelihood these teams will just threaten to to quit and either will quit or 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 you know f1 will have to back down um it should call be bluff. that call their bluff yeah go on ben love it call their bluff Ow. well i think i, I, I think f1 it should be here, here is our sport. Here is our, here is our lovely sporting championship. These are the rules. If you don't like them, don't join. Off you go, and then uh, and then and then carry on. So you know you might you might have a few casualties on the way, but I think in the long run, long run, it would make it a, a better sport to to be in slash um, watch and enjoy. Um, but I just think it's such a be such a bold move for Formula One to take. I don't know whether they ever would. I hope they would. But yeah, like you say, Ben, maybe they need to call their bluff and you know, because it's still a, these teams. They are obviously doing all they want uh, as much as they can to, to win, and you can't really blame them for it. Um, but even if they did leave, it's quite a major investment for a lot of them, and they get you know the likes of Mercedes. They get quite a lot of quite, quite a lot of dollar out of winning. So. Um, whether they would actually quit is it remains to be seen. But um, yeah, I, Zach Brown. It was kind of out of the blue that article, wasn't it? Everyone was a bit sleepy from the off season. He was just like, "Hey, just gonna drop, just gonna drop this a bombshell," and uh, yeah, it was good, good stuff, Zach. Love it. And and to be fair to your point, Ben, about you know if he was in a top team, would he be saying it? And I, and I'm sure he probably wouldn't be. But it gives it more credibility because he joined McLaren when arguably they weren't a top team anymore. He joined in twenty six end of twenty seventeen or something like that. Twenty sixteen maybe. They were well on their way to midfield slash bottom end stardom by that point. Um so he's never experienced them at, at, at their height as a top team. So I think it just gives that extra bit of credibility to to what he's saying here. I'm starting to think that actually Zach Brown, the only reason he came out with this is to give us content. He just, he loves the podcast. Cheers, he's a, he's hey, a friend love. and he just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Yeah. Air conditioning unit. That's what you For, are. Full-blown air conditioning unit. That's the worst, probably one of the worst things you've ever said. Yeah. Well, I think that's Which the best thing I've ever said. <laughs> Quite possibly. Well, horrendous. Hope- Hopefully the next point you make is a good one, Sam, because if it isn't, you might well find you're on the end of some gunge. Uh, Dave Benson Phillips is being let out for the first time this year. It's time for F1. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes! 
short and sweet. Love it. Lovely. It's good, that it. F1 punt breaks. If you have not heard this segment before, each of us will take it in turns to deliver a an opinion, a slightly bold opinion, uh, and see what the other two think about it. If the other two think that your opinion is absolutely fine, then you're allowed to go home gunge free. However, if both of the other people think that your opinion is dead right wrong and you should stop thinking that immediately, you will be told to pump the brakes. And that's where Dave Benson Phillips, children's TV hero, will come in and gunge, not literally, but at least audio-wise, the person who made the opinion. It's very simple. You'll catch on soon enough. Harry, do you want to go first? Pump the brakes. Yeah, go on what, then. what have you go got on for then. us? Um, mine uh, relates to some news we had about uh, um, practice sessions for 2022, which apparently now back up to 90 minutes apiece. Which, you know, I love F1, but they don't need they don't need that much time per practice session. Um, but my pump the brakes is that I think that the first 30 minutes of these sessions, if we are indeed going to have 90 minutes, they should be dedicated to the I'm not going to put a number next to it, but the bottom, I don't know, five, ten, I don't know. They're not ten teams. Bottom five teams. um, Or bottom ten drivers. (laughs) I don't say drivers. Bottom five teams or bottom ten drivers. And they get that extra half an hour practice, whereas the top five teams or top ten drivers do not get it. It's almost like, and this is... um... I guess this one is a British niche reference, but um, almost like gladiators when you know you start the whistle on the, uh, <laughs> and it's like you get the head start if you've uh, if you've done. Oh, my job. first whistle! But it's the opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> so you're saying essentially that um, if you're doing all right, you get less practice time. Yeah. Hmm. Sam, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna have to take a fuck the brakes, mate. You're, you're gonna get gunged on this one. I know Ben's opinion already. I think that this is um a little unfair on the team that currently sits the one spot above the the ten drivers or the the five to so the fourth team, for example. If that's one point difference, I oh I think that's a little unfair. And I think but, that but this it, plays yeah, into it might, it might swing the next race, and then they're in the extra practice. The gunge machine might swing a minute as well onto your head. Um, I do think... (laughs) (laughs) I think that this is very much like a conversation we had a little while ago, which is kind of um, biased towards, you know, losers and I like a level playing field. (laughs) You losers! We need things to be biased towards losers, Sam. Yeah, that's true. That's that's true. We might get somewhere alive. If you're an official sponsor, please go to us. Um, we yeah. So for me, this is like when we brought up the weight conversation. You know, um, should the should the wingers of the previous race run weight in the car or something like that? I think it's the same line. I want a level playing field. I think if you get a wing of Formula One, you should win Formula One, and that's why I brought up the points about the cost cap and things like that. Everyone's at the same level now. Deal with it. Make the most of what you got. Uh, and I think that should be the same with the likes of time. But it's a nice idea. I like the idea. I just don't think it will work as intended. <laughs> so no, I hate Thanks, it. Sam. I would tell you my opinion, but Dave Benson Phillips can do it so much better than I can. Do it. Do it. Ah, <laughs> oh, you nerds. Oh, God, Dave, you're shifty, Pete. <laughs> I, t- I have to say, Harry, I thought halfway through that point 
you were going to say something that I might well have agreed with, but then ah, you went down happened. you went you went down the wrong path. I thought you were going to say something along the lines of, if you get that first half an hour of practice and that's dedicated to young drivers of the teams or reserve ah. drivers of the teams, which I might well have said okay to, um, but not. I equally agree. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so mature. <laughs> he says as he whatever. just played a gunge effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Longer than our thing tune. Yeah, I know. That's the best thing about pump the brakes, isn't it? So it's not a good start. Well, it is for Dave Benson Phillips. He gets paid 50p for every one that he does. <laughs> so he's up at the moment. Sam, have you got a good one to share? Probably not a good one, folks. I've been struggling with these. Every time we come around to pump the brakes, I have to think a little harder, a little longer about an actual opinion. I, I don't know if I agree with them. Um, I think that we that Formula One will be more entertaining if blue flags were removed and lead drivers had to actually fight their way past potential lapsed traffic. Um, and the lap traffic did not have to give up positions. It is a rule that is in the likes of uh, GT3 and World Endurance and stuff. You know, you don't get penalised for not giving up that position. So, um, I think it'll be more interesting. It'll be more fun. I think the likes of Monaco would be pure hell. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that one, Harry? I think I like it. I think, um, oh God, Monaco would be ridiculous though, wouldn't it? Uh, but I think, you know, all too often they're screaming for blue flags. Get past them, get past them yourselves. You're that quick. You might as well get past. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll agree with Sam. I like it. Yes. <laughs> well, you won't be gunged regardless of what my opinion is, and I honestly don't know. I'm kind of fifty-fifty on this one. In terms of fairness, I I should say no. They should let them pass. They're not racing each other, even though they are on the same part of the track. But also, I've been watching a lot of late nineties kart recently. And it's good fun. It's good fun <laughs> to see cars try and, and get past without... I mean, there are, there are flags, but it's, um, you know... They don't listen to them, do they? Exactly. And it's fun. And it's produced quite a few exciting moments. So um, it doesn't actually matter what I say because you're not going to get gunged anyway. I'll go on then. I'm feeling nice. Woo! That's my first double pass ever! <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> oh yes, Dave, back in. Get in there. Oh. Fifty p's. Uh, he might want to come out again because we've got my one coming up, and I feel like oh, there yeah. are going to be some people who might well lynch me for this one. There are going to be some that do not like this one at all. So um, get ready in the Discord and such. And I, <laughs> it comes with an if statement. If oh, Bahrain. If Bahrain had grass, had more grass and gravel, it it's would be a better country. circuit than Monza. What if it was sand? Yeah, fine. It's just got a lot, got a whatever. Lot just something that deters from going too far that isn't just more uh, tarmac. Oh, baby. Baby, it's a triple. <laughs> I am gonna say, oh, we do have some good races at Bahrain, but I think I'm gonna say pump the brakes because I think we also have some belters at Monza. 
but that's 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 a tough one. That's a real toughie because I think Bahrain is up there as a really good circuit and some extra grass and gravel. It's definitely what that place needs. Um, whether I don't know whether that would uh, to be honest, I don't know whether it would actually improve it that much. Um, I'm I'm thinking more. I'm thinking about the uh, the corner that. Hamilton cut a hundred times, yeah. uh, and Verstappen, oh, yeah. yeah, that <laughs> yeah. one. Um, also, potentially, um, I can't remember the corner number. Um, the god awful left hander that is awful to drive on the game. Um, the really the downhill left hander. Yeah, that one. Um, ah, maybe on the turn eleven 12? exit of that. I, I don't know. There might yeah. be a few spots, but anyway, I'm saying pump the brakes. But that's a, that's a real that's a real tough one, Benjamin. Sam? You know, there are times in this podcast where I feel like the three of us should have access to the soundboard because, Benjamin, I'm going to tell you you can pump the brakes, my friend. Get in the gunge! Yes, Dave, come on. Extra. Put extra on. Oh, that's Ooh. disgusting. He's worked hard that's for that. Good jog. That's a whole pound for Dave. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole pound. Yeah, get, that, get yourself down the tuck shop, mate. Get yourself some sweeties. <laughs> Um, with the cost of living increasing, you are already getting yourself one curly whirly. But hey, something. Um, curly. I, I think uh, we've proper got British <laughs> reference after we started off American. Yeah. Um, I think Monza is one of the best tracks in in world racing. I absolutely love it. I think it produces fantastic racing. Ninety five percent of the time that we get there, um, DRS or no DRS, I think it is phenomenal. I do think that Bahrain is one of the most underrated race tracks on the Formula One calendar. I think it is. A brilliant racetrack. I really love going there. I think it produces great racing. I'm glad that we got up the silly other track that we started off when we first went to Bahrain with. It had like an extra seven the corners one, randomly. Yeah. yeah, not a fan of that. Um, and I also like, I did like the outer loop. I wouldn't have it every single time, but I did like the outer loop. So yeah, no, I enjoy Bahrain, but do I think it will change it up enough that it will be better than the likes of Monza? No. But you know what? I enjoyed that opinion, Benjamin. Good one. Yeah, to be fair, just to clarify as well on this one, I I don't dislike Monza. I, I think Monza is a great track as well. I just think that Bahrain is is brilliant, um, and the only reason that I think that Monza is slightly better at the moment is because of um, that little bit of extra jeopardy of running wide, which isn't always there at Bahrain. I think Bahrain's massively on the road. I really do. Agreed. Agreed. So, Dave Benson Phillips. Two out of three, he's got to be pretty happy. Um, Sam, you're the only one that avoided it this week, so well done. Dave, I think we'll leave it there for this episode, but next one's going to be special. Q&A, isn't it, Sam? It is the Q&A. We've had some good questions come through already on all the different platforms, whether it's in the Discord, over on Twitter, or on our Instagram late-breaking. We've got uh, many places for you to ask us anything. If you want to ask us anything Formula 1 related, or or, or email, of course. You can send in either a voice message, which will get played on the, uh, the podcast. You can hear yourself on the podcast, which is fun. Or you can, of course, send in text, and we'll read it out. Um, you can get a little name mentioned, which is lovely. Um... If you want to ask us anything about F1, of course, we always talk about Formula 1. We are also people. If you'd like to get to know us for any bizarre reason, um, then you're also welcome to ask, you know, what is our favourite pizza topping to have on a Wednesday? Um, Do we like tea or coffee? Why are we actually friends? 
which one's got the worst shoes. Good All of these things are van- valuable, valuable, <laughs> correct, valuable questions. <laughs> and <laughs> he's fuming at that. He's fuming. Um, Tamping. Um, what does crib mean if it's not talking about a baby? You know, these are all questions that you're welcome to ask, and we happily provide answers to. They're all very niche. Sorry, those are all inside jokes for the most part. Um, do get involved, though. Do get involved. If you, you know, if you want to be on the podcast, if your name rang out, your little question rang out, that now's your chance. Um, also, other things happening. Other things are happening. We've got a gaming night uh, coming up tomorrow. Um, we're going to be doing an open. <laughs> well, is it tonight? Tomorrow? What day is this going out on? I don't know. No, it will, it will um, be tomorrow. As of as of when we record, it's tomorrow. But if you listen to this on a Thursday night in the UK, you you might have missed a gaming night. No, it's that's fine. true. It's it's Thursday the twentieth of January, and it's going to be. A, is yeah. it eight o'clock? We've said GMT. Correct. Oh, is it seven? Turn up at some point right. between six and ten, and we might be there, guys. <laughs> yeah, come and find us. We'll be doing some racing on the Formula One game on the PlayStation. Sorry to all other consoles or PCs. We'll give you love another time. Um, and also, Mr. Hocking is putting around uh, putting down the uh, the Quiz Mark Two that is going to be coming out this weekend on the Discord. So if you want to get involved, that is Saturday night GMT time, seven o'clock on Saturday night. Um, don't know what that is for the rest of the world. You work it out. You've got Google. Um, Get involved. Loads of things happening. Also, I'm sure I can say this now. I I own 33% of this podcast. Um, you win some merch if you if you win the, the quiz. We've decided um, that the winner will get a piece of merch. We've not decided what item yet. But yeah, you'll actually get something. So enjoy it. Enjoy it. So much happening. I've spoken for so long there. I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> can we win a late-breaking pizza? Uh, sorry, a late-breaking Wednesday pizza, to be, to be very clear. <laughs> Maybe if we ever do a live recording of the podcast, we'll make sure that pizza is on like the menu for the people to turn up. Yeah. Or, uh, only if it's on a Wednesday, then. Only. Uh, right, Sam, don't you say... And I've been yeah, Sam I think you usually say something, yeah. Sorry, I'll talk about pizza, I was just enjoying the thought. Uh, yeah, in the, <laughs> in the meantime, I've been Samuel Sage. I've been Ben Hocking. And I've been a gold wheel. And remember, <laughs> keep breaking late. Full-blown air conditioning. <laughs>